Scripture today is Luke 10, verses 30 to 37. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Oh, Father, I come to you this morning in Jesus' name, asking this parable speak to our hearts today and that the things I say glorify you and that you be exalted in this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the longer I'm here and the more we sing these hymns, the more I'm fascinated with them. Just keep in mind, I'm not from this tradition, so that last hymn, that really rocked. I mean, it just, it really flows good with the sermon today. And I'm just, the more I'm in that blue book and brown book, the, it's just awesome hymns. That's just all there is to it. And I also wanted to again thank Darla for the bulletin cover, um, because it just goes with the theme of the service today. It was happened last week and also this week, so... That looks really good. Um, stay with me if you can this morning, because um, I'm probably going to speak in a way I've never spoke before, so here's a story for you. <coughs> Soup kitchens, food banks, food stamps, WIC, which stands for women and children, clothing points, cold shelters, battered shelters, rehabilitation centers, low-income housing, Medicare, Medicaid, senior citizens programs, sending famine and medical relief to nations all over the world that we may not have uh, much contact with, giving the lives of our young men and women to protect and defend the rights of others around the world, as well as defending their own way of life. Things that we do as Americans and as believers in Christ to show we are a good people looking out for the welfare of our fellow human being. Kind of a good Samaritan to those in need. Those who come to this country try to find a better way of life for themselves and their families. I've never heard anyone say, I came to America to have a worse life. Still, some people get caught in a bad situation and may need help along the way. This is the kind of story we have here this morning. A man found himself in a bad spot, got robbed, and he was left for dead. A priest sees him and passes by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite sees him and passes by on the other side. Finally, a Samaritan came to him and helped him out. He bound up his wounds with oil and wine. He set him on his own horse. He took the wounded man to an inn and took care of him. The next day, the Samaritan gave the innkeeper some money to help out the injured man. 
Jesus tells this story because a religious lawyer had asked him a question trying to catch Jesus in a compromising answer. These verses was not read in the sermon text, but I'm going to go over them this morning. What must I do to inherit eternal life? This religious lawyer asked. The lawyer, along with the Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, and others in religious leadership, were constantly trying to discredit Jesus. There was a motive behind the lawyer's apparently innocent question. So Jesus let the expert speak first. What is written in the law? How do you read it? The lawyer knew the answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. The answer to Jesus' question was obvious, but Jesus was teaching more than a lesson in social responsibility. The lawyer knew love your neighbor as yourself was impossible to fulfill. So he thought he'd found a loophole. Who is my neighbor? He asked Jesus. That is when Jesus gave this famous parable. So taken from an old show I used to like and watch called Different Strokes. Here's my question. What you talking about, Jesus? <laughs> Jesus sets this story on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho about 17 miles apart. Jerusalem was where the temple was, the center of the Levitical priesthood. The priests were the highest class of Levites. They were supported by thousands of other Levites who served at lower levels, doing such tasks as keeping the altar fire going, lighting the incense, singing in the temple chorus, and playing musical instruments. When they were not on duty, many of these priests and temple workers lived in Jericho. They often traveled this road between Jerusalem and Jericho. Travel in those days could be hazardous. One stretch of the Jericho Road was known as the Way of Blood because so many people were robbed and killed there. This was where Jesus set the scene for his parable. People knew exactly where he was talking about. In Jesus' story, the first person to see the victim is a priest. But rather than get involved, he passes by on the other side of the road. He's followed by a Levite, a temple worker. The Levite does the same. He passes by. Then comes along a Samaritan. A what? Jesus would have caused a stir with that. The Samaritans were a mix of Jew and Gentile, and the Jews did not like them. They had names for Samaritans like half-breeds and heathen dogs, and considered them to be spiritually defiled. The Jews at that time did not often hear the words good and Samaritan used in the same sentence. But in Jesus' story, it is the outcast who stops to help. Not only does this Samaritan help, but he goes far beyond what most people would do. He cleans the victim's wounds with oil and wine, then bandages him up. People didn't carry first aid kits back then. He likely would have had to tear up some of his own clothing to make a bandage. Next, he puts the injured man on his donkey and takes him to the inn. He takes two silver coins, a considerable amount of money in those days, and promises to reimburse the innkeeper for any further expense. This is an exceptional level of assistance, especially for a total stranger and someone who is supposed to be a social enemy. But the Samaritan did not let that stand in the way. 
With this deceptively simple little story, Jesus impels the lawyer on his own hook. He asks him, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robber? Jesus has turned the question around. He's not asking, which people should I help? He is saying, to answer the question, you need to put yourself into the shoes, or lack thereof, of the man who was beaten and left to die. The better question is, when I need help, who do I want to help me? Don't you hope that the Samaritan will be a neighbor to you? Who was a good neighbor? The answer is obvious, but the expert in the law didn't want to say the word Samaritan. So he said, the one who had mercy on him. Then Jesus delivers the knockout blow. Go and do likewise. Remember, this teacher of the law was from a class of people who prided themselves on how carefully they obeyed the law of God. For example, they would not pronounce God's name considering it to be too holy. They would take a bath before writing anything in scripture about God's name. Along with the Pharisees, they were fastidious about observing the law and every detail. The lawyer had asked what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. Jesus' answer was, in effect, you have to do the impossible. Your love for others needs to extend far beyond what humans are capable of doing. How could anyone be expected to live up to the standard of the Samaritan in this story? If what that is what God expects, even the lawyer was doomed. If I have to keep the law and you're asking me to love somebody I cannot physically love, I cannot reach out to them. I cannot touch him. I cannot help him. Even though the law says I'm supposed to love my neighbor and you say this heathen is my neighbor, how am I supposed to do that? He was doomed because the law couldn't help him. Jesus was showing that humans cannot meet the perfect requirements of the law. Even those who dedicate themselves to it fall short. Jesus is the only one to fulfill the law in its deepest intent. Jesus is the good Samaritan. Jesus knew that there's nothing we can do to earn an eternity with a holy God. So he crafted his answer slash story at two levels of meaning. On the surface, it made the point that people ought to love and do good to their enemies. But it also addressed a question that was really asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? To answer that question, we need to put ourselves in the place of the man who was beaten and left to die. This man represents all humanity. Every man is left to die. Every man is lost and undone. Every man is beaten up. Every man needs help. The robbers correspond to sin and the forces of evil the devil and his dominion. We do not have enough strength to combat these forces, and if we are left to ourselves, we will die. The priests and the Levites represent the law and sacrifices of the old covenant. They cannot help us. The good Samaritan is the only one who can help humanity. The wine and the oil correspond roughly to the blood of Jesus shed for us and the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. That is what heals us.
The end represents the church where God puts his people to be spiritually nurtured until he returns for them. Jesus pays for this ongoing need in our life as well. Jesus used the lawyer's question to show how inadequate for salvation even the best human effort is and how wonderful and sure is his work of redemption for humanity. Jesus and only Jesus can rescue us from the way of blood and he did it by way of his own blood. On this third Sunday of Lent, I want to ask the question, who are we in this story? As we're setting aside ourselves, something for the glory of God, something to say that I love you more than anything in the world, and that I'm setting something aside that I would not offend or hurt my brother, who do we represent in this story? We are the end for the Good Samaritan. What happens in this end? The Good Samaritan, he teaches us his way. When we come to the house of God, we sing and we worship and we praise. We hear the word of God. We're in Sunday school class. He teaches us how to follow him and what it means to follow him. In this end, he is teaching us who he is, what he's done in our lives, and how we're to take that out to the world. In this end, he watches over us as we're on this journey. Anything you're going through in life, things you're experiencing, this, he's watching over you, he's protecting you, and he's helping you out here in this church. In this end, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Good Samaritan, he binds our wound when we are hurting. We have this thing called joys and concerns. We have joys and we give God praise for things he's done for us and how happy we are. We've had a good week at work and we want to thank God for it. Things happen good. So we would stand up and say, I want to give God thanks this morning for watching over me this week and protecting me this week. And I had a good week on the job and my family's functioning fine and things are okay in our lives. And I want to give God the glory. And then the church in the end would say, Amen. Thank God he's blessing you. Thank God he's touching you. But then somebody in the church may say, I'm really hurting. Somebody in my family's in pain. I've seen them go through a bad situation. I don't know what to do to help them. They're not being healed. They don't seem to be touched by God. And we say we pray with you. We mourn with you. We are working together in this end for those who are hurting. When you rejoice, Paul says, I rejoice. When you hurt, Paul says, I hurt. We flow and we function together as the body in this end. He hears us and he binds our wounds. Jesus pays the price for our fallenness. We mess up. We make mistakes. I probably messed up last night. I shouldn't have went to the game. I just shouldn't have done it. I didn't yell. I made sure to tell my members I didn't yell. But they might have saw me get up and say, what's going on? I don't understand this. But I had to go back and tell them, I want you to know I didn't yell. But when I came into church this morning, I felt guilty as a rat. I felt bad because I, maybe I shouldn't have just been there. Even though I don't think I did nothing wrong, I must have done something wrong because my conscience is killing me. But he pays the price when I mess up. He paid it. And I asked for forgiveness. And he says, please don't go down this road. 
How many times are you going to act like this? Don't do it. It's not for my glory. But he helps us in our fallenness and he pays that price. That's called grace. That's called mercy. And that's called love. But Lent is called, what are you giving up for my glory? And I wasn't willing to give up that. He pays the price for our fallenness. In this inn, in this church, he never gives up on us, even when we are rejected by others. You make decisions as a Christian that maybe uh, other people disagree with. They say, that ain't the right thing for you to do. Why do you want to be a believer? Why can't you do the things with us? We don't not want nothing to do with you. But this church, this inn is made for you. When people reject you and turn you away, it is this in this church, it is in this house that God wants to touch and heal you and mend your broken heart. We are the end for the good Samaritan because he does all of this for us. Because Christ has done this. Because he's been our good Samaritan. Because he uses us and touches us in this end, in this church, you and I, we serve as his good Samaritan. How do we do that? When someone along the way gets hurt, we go down that bad road with them and help them out. The Levite and the priest looked at the one hurting and said, I cannot get dirty. I'm too righteous. I'm too holy. I must follow the Lord. You can just lay there, dirty, hurting man. I got to go this way. Two guys who say they love God and say they follow God and say they serve God see the hurting person and says, I don't want to help you out. But the good Samaritan gets right down in that road, right down in the blood, right down in the mess, exposing himself to other robbers and says, here I am and I'm here to help you. You and I, we are the good Samaritan. When somebody says they're hurting, when somebody says they're down and out, when somebody says they need prayer, when they ask you, would you please come and visit me? Sacrifice who you are. Sacrifice what you think you need to do and be a good Samaritan. says, I'm willing to travel this road with you because the good Samaritan traveled the road with me. Do you not remember when you was lost and you was hurting? Did you not call on his name? He didn't turn you down. He didn't walk away or run from you. He said, what's up, man? I've been waiting for you to call on me. And he gets right down in the grid of our life. And he says, I want to help you out. As his good Samaritan, we help bind up their wounds. You and I don't heal wounds. Only Christ through his spirit and his word can heal somebody's heart and heal their wounds. But the way you help is you walk along with them and you pray with them. You read some scriptures with them. In a way, you and I help bind up their wounds. When they come into the house of God, if they're hurt, if they're lost, if they don't know Jesus Christ, if they're struggling, we say, here is a place for you. Here is a people for you. We want to help you know and to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we his good Samaritan? We deny ourselves to meet the need. I've spoken about over and over again what Jesus Christ done when we started this journey of Lent. How he left the glory of heaven 
to save our souls. And that we've asked ourselves, what are we willing to give up for the glory of God? What are we willing to give up to our brother and our sister to meet the need to help them to grow in Christ? We intercede for them. We do it every Sunday morning when you're praying for someone, for their healing, for their direction, for their guidance. We intercede for them when we talk with them and speak with them. And when they lay their, heart, heart, their hearts to us, we say, we want to pray with you. We want to reach out to you and say, there is a king. There is a God. His name is Jesus. And he will meet your need. And I will pray for you for as long as it takes for you to reach the king of glory. Then we ask the true good Samaritan to save and deliver them. It is only Jesus Christ who can change a heart. It's not you and I who can change a heart. We just guide him along the way. In the house of God, we serve as his people. And then when we go out, we serve as his Samaritan. West Alexandria Church of the Brethren, may the King of glory be glorified in our lives. May he touch us. May he speak to our hearts. May we be his end to help those along the way. And then when we go out these doors, may we be God's good Samaritan for his glory and for his honor this morning. Father, I just come to you this morning thanking you for the story and the parable of the good Samaritan. Thanking you, God, that you provide the house of God. For believers to come and get together and pray and seek your face. And to worship with one another. Laugh with one another. Cry with one another. To meet you here. And it is here where your spirit touches us. Your words speak to us. And it is here you change our lives and you lift up our lives. And you be glorified in our lives. And it is here in this house where we get strength from you. But when we go out these doors, Lord. Let us be the good Samaritan. Praying and talking and speaking to people and asking you to heal them and touch them and to change their lives for the glory of God. I ask you this morning to use us how you want to use us. Lead us how you want to lead us. Guide us how you want to guide us. But let us be your good Samaritan Lord on this journey. I ask this morning in Jesus name. Amen.